0: Aloha, you're listening to the Rainbow Wrap-Up, a new podcast here on the Hawaii Sports Fans channel. So be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible or on podbean.com where we host our podcast as well. So shout out to Podbean. Uh, tonight, we're gonna talk Rainbow Warrior football. I brought alongside uh, my dear friend and huge Warrior fan, Sean Iman. So we're gonna bring him in soon. But tonight, we had the first call of coach. Uh, maybe you caught that on ESPN 1420, Honolulu. Maybe you were there at Ruby Tuesdays in Moanalua. We know that Brad was there, our boy Bradley Duvall. So shout out to Brad um and i think he even wants something so good for him uh that's what it's like to be a fan a hardcore fan you try and get to any event you can even if you got to show your vax card and that's the thing we're going to talk about vaccines and we're going to talk about how that um might be a thing this season and also how that wasn't a topic during call the coach which is an interesting thing because you know that's something we've been talking a lot about but with no further ado i'm going to bring in sean iman how's it going sean Good. How you doing, Wayne? I'm doing awesome.
1: What's up,
0: What's up, Warrior Nation? That's right. Shout out to our Warrior Nation. You know, Sean and I, well, we've been going back and forth on message boards forever, probably before we even know who each other was. Um, but we also frequent a lot of our Facebook Warrior Nation page, Tom Kitaguchi. Shout out to them. Um, there's a lot of good dialogue going on down there. I, I, I slightly rank it above. Oh, I rank it above. No, more than slightly. More, definitely much more above... The anonymous random message boards. I don't know. How do you feel, Sean?
1: Absolutely. You put a you put your name on it, and that has value.
0: That's right. That's right. You got to right. put your name on something, right? And that's what uh, being a fan. You got to stick your neck out there too for your team. And sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes being a uh fan is not that. Uh, it can be ugly. Put it that way too. But we are excited for for greener pastures. We had a five and four record under the helm of Coach Todd Graham in his first season. So hearing Coach Graham tonight was a breath of fresh air for me. Actually, I, I, I guess I really haven't heard him speak in um, you know quite a while now. So we're in August. It's the first week. We're going to have a game this month against UCLA. Of course, here at Hawaii Sports Fans, we're excited for it because we'll be taking our tour there, the I Love LA Tour. You probably heard it on ESPN 1420. So check that out www.hisportsfans.com, so you can be there as the Warriors take on UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And Coach said right off the bat, right, Sean, he's not there just to uh, have fun. He's not there just to uh, put on a you know make it close against the Bruins. No, what does he want to do?
1: He wants to win.
0: Heck yeah! And what he, what he talked about that a lot tonight, right? The desire to win. And Sean, you know what is that? mean for us fans
1: it means everything uh you know what we want to see them slay the pac 12 monster mm. I, i've been dying to get ucla on the schedule and we finally had them on you know for last year and you know it got canceled so i i i felt good about last year i, I think we got a puncher's chance this year it's the first game
0: well now that we are just weeks away from seeing the Bruins and the Rainbow Warriors clash in Pasadena, we are already, um, you know, have a chance to see how the players have also progressed through training camp. Remember last year was coach Graham's first year. He didn't really have a chance to um, recruit really. Um, I mean, the pandemic came upon him really fast I think he was announced in December and then the pandemic was what March. So really basically three months of trying to um, just get himself acquainted with Hawaii and last year we saw a pretty good year I mean to be four and four during the season um and then to win a bowl game over University of Houston which is a high mid-major program and um first of all I guess that win to me was pretty uh impressive for UH football but maybe to prognosticators it, it wasn't um so Bobby Curran did bring up Phil Steele in the beginning in his prognostications. But as we've gone across the country, Sean, what have you been seeing with UH football? And why do you think that means even?
1: Uh, I have the Phil Steele magazine uh, in most, most of the magazines, they kind of have UH pick low. Like usually it's they're fourth out of fifth in the West and they're kind of expecting us to finish around 500. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but it, it, that's nothing new. Yeah. Of course, they always, if you're going to sleep on somebody, it's going to be Hawaii. We're, we're the easiest team to ignore. It's very typical. Some of our best seasons is when they pick us low and we got the chip on our shoulder. I just got to say that coach Graham sounds ultra confident. I mm-hmm. mean, for him to say that this is his best second year. Yes. Team yes. In, like, I mean, that, that speaks volumes to me because he's he's had some really good teams. That's um, the
0: title of this podcast, The Best Second Year Team. And we didn't even talk about that before because that was really my favorite quote from Todd Graham as well. And Sean brought it up. I mean, for him to say he always, I I mean, I think he said he always has success, right? He always sees more success in the second year than he does in his first. And he says this is the best second year squad or the best second year team he's had. I mean, that is exciting. And his confidence is exciting. And it doesn't sound um, like it's just... You know, airy and fluffy it, it does sound like that there is girth there and he did name a few impact players as well um talking about true edwards uh who's a 6-3 receiver from shriftport mm-hmm. louisiana and he also talked about Ote baker who was from mesquite texas who also went to his same elementary school in texas so that's kind of cool. crazy And he's 6'4", 240, and he was also offered by Arizona, but both guys, Juco transfers, which I love the Juco transfers. I think in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. I'm totally behind Juco transfers because a lot of guys, you know, first of all, they had terrible grades, a lot of them in their high school, and that was really their biggest reason of going to Juco. And they had a lot of chance to develop there as well and probably get some good playing time. A lot of those guys from Juco, I mean, they're like the studs from Juco, right? you are not taking bench warmers from Juco, you know, to D1. So... Um I'm I'm all for that JUCO route. Uh anything else you heard? Cause I know we talked about the breakout players or it was asked about um you know who might be some names. Uh anybody else you remember, Sean?
1: Oh uh, well, I mean, they had Muasal and Shevin on. Yes. So I mean those yes. are two of the biggest stars on the team. That and mm-hmm. Calvin Turner Jr. I mean, I I can't wait to see this guy in person. I'm just I'm frothing at the mouth <laughs> to see this guy, you know. Um, I just, I like, I like Coach Graham. Uh, you know, you just, you give, like, Bobby gives him one question and he, he'll go on for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just, I want to know what he was drinking. He was tanking, is <laughs> that iced tea? Like, man, he was, uh, he, he finished a couple. Sweet tea, probably. Yeah, probably. Sweet tea from
0: the South. You know the coach so. Graham. He does have a lot of charisma, a lot of um, you know personality. So that was fun to see him bring it out. Uh, one of the callers asked, and I think it was our boy Timmy because <laughs> they didn't make a name, but they asked about his new house. Oh, and right. A lot of you follow uh, Auntie Penny, uh, Coach Todd's wife, on Facebook. You will notice that she posts some beautiful photos of their house, their home sometimes. And um, he talked about having to rebuild it basically but how he for the rest of his life wants to be living on the tip of Portlock I mean it is a beautiful house it is the tip of Portlock it is an amazing view but um that sounds like a long term commitment from coach as well what what would you say to that
1: yeah that's, i mean that's what he said at his uh press conference that this was going to be their forever home and you know we we've seen the process being friends with penny on facebook we've seen them remodel the house and uh do all of that. So, I mean, it's a beautiful house.
0: (laughs) Yep. And, and and when you, when you talk about like the area of obviously, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's nice to be a college football coach, put it that way. Um, and especially in this era, um, but coach obviously coming from a PAC 12 program, uh, and, and being able to make so many stops uh, also along the way he, uh, talked about a little bit about, um, you know, how he's been successful in his, and, and, and his playbook and not just his playbook on the field, but also off the field. And, uh, when it comes to recruiting, one thing I I love that he said is that, uh, Hawaii has a uniqueness. And I always say that too. I mean, we always look at Hawaii initially as what are the setbacks? Oh, such a long flight. Oh, there are, (laughs) you know, you got to recruit, uh, you know, all the good players are leaving the Island. And, you know, it's, we hear the same things every year, but, when are we going to start to double down on what makes Hawaii different, what makes it unique? And, uh, you know, this era could really start that, but, um, you know, a new era of recruitment. But in terms of the recruiting front, uh, Sean, I know you've been around the program for a long time and you've watched Hawaii recruit and mm-hmm. um, grab players from all over. We got two guys. He, he specifically named two Juco transfers from the South, Texas and Louisiana. I mean, mm-hmm. that sounds pretty good. But uh, what do you think about, you know, Coach Graham's recruiting uh, philosophy so far?
1: Well, you definitely see an uptick in the Southwest. We're getting more players from like Texas, like uh, Louisiana, mm-hmm. all 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 those kind of uh, the the South. Definitely an uptick. Uh, he's he's a good recruiter. Um, he gets quality guys. We're having we have a ton of uh, transfers from some uh, power five conferences. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to what the defense can do. I, I definitely expect to see an uptick across the board from the
0: defense. Well, it's good that you brought up the defense. Uh, Mubasal said something that was really great when uh, Curran asked him about what makes the the defense different this year. And he talked about the versatility and bringing pressure. And that is exciting because we need that. We need pressure on the quarterback. We need to get uh, wins in the trenches. And I mean, that's where a lot of games are won. And Musa brought up the name Ote Baker again, the same guy we brought up again. So it's it's nice to hear a pattern of guys that are, you know, going to be breakouts because you know, these are the, the dudes that are the ballers at practice, the ones that guys mm-hmm. know already respect. If their name is on the tip of your tongue, these guys are ballers and they're already um, the respect, earning the respect of their teammates. So you know, Moussao being a leader there and the defense, Cortez being a leader, that's exciting as well, right? Having that veteran um, anchoring there as well. Um, we talked, Chevin uh, was also brought on and we talked a little bit about Chevin. We've always talked about Chevin. you know, his transition to uh, UH and being in the shadow of at times of Cole and then stepping out of the shadow of Cole sometimes, even taking the starting job at one point. Um, but we know mm-hmm. Chevin has had um he, he hasn't had it easy he had a new two- coach come in yeah he did put together a great season last year stats wise and you know led the team to a bull win um but this is uh, it seems to be a much more complicated offense than perhaps what coach roller ran or maybe it's just a different a totally different jargon um but like coach Graham said last year you know, I barely got a chance to install what I need to in these kids. Like their memo, their muscle memory is not even, you know, we're still working on that because it's all new. So what do you think that's going to be like this year, at least on the, on, you know, the offense, when coach Graham talks about, you know, it's pro style, it's audibling, It's no huddle. It's fast. Um, well,
1: yeah, I, I think we saw that last year that, you know, he didn't have spring practice, very minimal fall practice to install this offense. So, I think what we saw was inconsistency in the, you know, we saw flashes of brilliance, but we also saw at times it was very frustrating. So I think with a full camp, you know, and what we're hearing coming out of camp is uh, they're they're really settling in to this. And I I think uh, we'll, we'll see some big improvements. I mean, Shevin's got a ton of support here and like people love him. So they want to see him succeed. Shevin
0: talked about that UNLV game comeback being his favorite moment. And that was, and he's had those moments and people need to go back and look at that UNLV, that Wyoming, those games when Shevin really, I mean, those are, those are miracle games. Those are magical moments in Halawa and, and, you know, definitely the energy of those games has been left and imprinted in those seats and in that rust at Aloha stadium. And I'm going to miss it yeah. so much. I'm really going to miss it. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't know because I would have been, a wreck. I mean, I was already a wreck the last game, right? Beating BYU. That was a beautiful game, a beautiful way to go, to, go out if that's the last ever game, and it likely is at um, our old Aloha Stadium. But, you know, Chevin, we talked about, uh, and Bobby Curran brought up him, his running ability and how he said he's a better runner than Cole. Even when Cole was here, he told people yeah. he's a better runner. And I, I have to agree. I mean, Cole is like a bulldozer, right? He's going to go right through you, and he's so fast, and he's big. Like, he definitely has an NFL body and size where he can just bang. But Shevin he's pretty deceptive I mean I, I like the way he runs quarterback sneak I like the way that he he gets those extra yards um uh, what about you what do you see from Shevin's legs
1: so I think Cole is probably a more talented runner but I think Shevin is has more confidence he mm-hmm. runs more with purpose so I mean yeah Cole had that with that 90 yard run in New Mexico yeah
0: yeah I and, saw that uh, live
1: yeah. but I mean sometimes like when the there's the play's not there. Shevin will just go. Whereas Cole would kind of, he would hesitate mm-hmm. sometimes. And I think Cole, I mean, uh, Shevin, he would just take what the defense would give him, you know, go there. Like he said, he don't, he don't slide. He just kind of falls down, slide, gets out of bounds. And he's very aware of where he's at on the field. So I, he's smaller. So he doesn't have, he doesn't take those big hits.
0: He doesn't. Very important. And it's a thing yeah. that's too it's deceptive that he's small. He's at least my not that I'm a huge guy but I'm 6'2 and 200 pounds. He's he's at least my size. And he um I I don't feel like I'm a small guy. I don't feel like massive but it, it, it when you do watch Kevin you th- you do think that he's like a small like a smaller in size, a skinnier guy, but up close he is actually he's uh you know, he's he's a brother that can that can I'm sure yeah. um bang. But you know, we don't want him to, obviously. That's not my I don't want to see Shevin take hits ever. I don't like right. seeing my quarterback take hits. I like seeing the other quarterback take hits. But in terms of you know what this offense is going to be like. I'm still a little confused. I mean, last year to say to to, to, to know what this offense was called. I mean, we re- everything was was kind of different. And in the bowl game, we 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 kind of brought it together. And then we used um, you know our defensive lineman in in in, our, in offense, and we were using him as a decoy to block. And we we're using him, and he caught a touchdown. So I love that we're starting to be creative. But I don't know. You know, coach calls this no huddle. Um, you know, pro style. That's kind of all over the place for me i, I and I, I don't know, and I don't know if like how it's going to carry over as well now that we have a new diff- offensive coordinator, which is also coach's son, so I mean what anything on the offensive front Sh- um sean i know i didn't I didn't attend the spring game, I'm not sure, so I don't know if you you see any ring yeah games?
1: like that's you know one of my favorite things is to go to practice and just you know see and they don't allow anybody at practice, and if you do go, they run you off pretty quick like like your friend knows. Um, So like, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest questions is like, what, what is this offense going to be? Like they said it was going to be kind of similar to Rolos, but I mean, from what we saw last year, it's totally different. Yeah. Totally different offensive philosophy, you know? So, and I think there is that adjustment period. So um, Graham's teams do, average about 37 points a game and Mm -hmm. i think we averaged under 30 last year Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. i definitely expect to see an uptick in offensive production this year
0: i totally agree and i think uh given that extra year just given how the pandemic and that's what really impressed me actually is just like the pandemic really caused a lot of craziness and we still had a new coach come in and be able to you know get build a relationship with his players and um, you know, win a bowl game, and it's amazing to win a bowl game. I, I I'll never forget standing in that stadium in Frisco, Texas, and looking at that New Mexico bowl because it's very ornate trophy. It's very different than any other trophy. It's like um, there's some like native, uh, like there was like a Navajo design on it. It was really cool, and I think that's um, that was the moment that I'll remember as a UH fan. Uh, but hopefully, we'll have a lot of moments together as UH fans to celebrate in the stadium. That was one of the first, the first question wasn't really a question tonight to the call of coach. It was like a statement of a guy saying that, and it was very good. And he was, uh, you know, I think our friend Paul, who was, I think calls in a lot, but talked about mm-hmm. how he's behind coach and. Jesus and uh, all those other things, man of uh, God, man of God. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also a thing, and I want to be honest. Like I, it, it, that needs to be balanced very well when you start being religious, and you, especially a specific religion, um, and any religion. It doesn't matter what you are, you know, unless you are a religious school or BYU or something. You know, you you can kind of oh. expect that, but at a public school. And I think coaches doing a good job of balancing it. It's not like it's it's he's not you know evangelizing or anything. But it was funny that that was brought up. Um, but he the Paul also said nine thousand or zero or behind you, An issue, Our fans will always be behind them. But the thing is, we don't know nine thousand or zero or somewhere in between, you know. And um, Sean this has this been something he's been engaged with a lot. I know on social media and the vaccine. Um, I'm vaccinated. I know you're vaccinated. that might be what gets us into games. So break it all down for us, Sean. I mean, what are your thoughts when it comes to the vaccination drama right now?
1: It's super controversial and people have such strong feelings about it. It's been politicized. But, you know, if I can borrow your tagline, at the end of the day, it's about safety. Mm -hmm. And, like, I'm hoping, you know, it'd be great to have 9,000 fans there. But, I mean, our case our case count is so high like yeah. 600 something today. Yeah. I'm so I mean there is doubt. I think there's definitely doubt about them having a packed house for that first game against Portland State at the end of the month. Yeah. So I think what they have to look at is, you know, they want to do what's best for the program and for what's their fans and you know, the, nobody wants a, a packed stadium more than UH. They got to make up all that money they lost last year. But they also have to do what's best for everybody and be safe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, and we saw the mandate that that all the players have to be players and coaches and support staff have to be vaccinated. So I just, that's the direction we're going in and you can be mad about it, but I mean, that's just the deal. That's just the deal. And I'm, I'm prepared to show my vaccination card to get in. Like I'm, I'm jonesing for football. I've never gone this far, this long, this far, without watching NH football. And I, I, won't, I want to do whatever it takes to get in there.
0: And I, you're right, you're completely right. And I agree with you completely. It is, a, you're right,
1: people, it
0: is a choice. And it's also a choice for teams to not let you in their stadium unless you're vaccinated. That's also a choice. So since we want to play the game of choice, you can make that choice um, but you probably won't get into a stadium, unfortunately. And, you know, New York city is going to vaccines, uh, cards. You must show for indoor dining for Broadway shows. So that is the way they're going tonight. I call the coach at Ruby Tuesdays, you know, they went for, um, you, ha- you have to show your vaccine card to get there, to get oh, in
1: Oh, okay. Well, they're again. They're getting used to it.
0: Exactly. And that's what I think too. I think it's like about getting used to it. Um, it, it wasn't brought up. Coach Graham has already talked about being vaccinated and how he encourages his players to be vaccinated, and I agree with mm-hmm. him as well. Um, so there's no, it's no controversy there. Obviously, we had a little bit of controversy with Coach Rolovich, our old coach, and I oh, yeah. know who we love very much, That's and I talked about Hornet's him last nest, week. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I talked about Coach last week on the show, and um, you know, Coach Rolo is Coach Rolo, so we, we know his personality mm-hmm. anyway, so it's not totally shocking to us, but at the same time, Look at the ripples and waves that just one coach in the Pac-12 made. And I think – and it's not – it's like I, I'm totally for people standing out on an island by themselves. But you really better know – you really better know why you're out there on the island. You know what I mean? Um, because do you, I think there are I have, people
1: – qu- Do you think it would have made a difference if you stated the reason why or – Or is it just? I think yeah. I
0: think I mean I I mean at least I don't I I I think the reason he avoided stating a reason is because he probably knew there would be refutable reasons to his reason. Hmm. I mean it's easier to just be like I have personal reasons, you know. I mean, and that's just the easy way out. It's like pleading the fifth. It's like there's a merco. We can do whatever we want, and we don't have to tell you why, and we can say what we want to do. So well.
1: I I would have given him a easier pass if he didn't give those players that opted out a hard time last year. Yeah. Like if he had just kind of stayed out of that and just said, you know, it's your choice, you guys, you know, whatever, he kind of said, take one for the team and uh, you know, Rolo's not really taking one for the team on on this, in this sense. So it's, it's super controversial and it's, you know, it's his business, but I mean, this is the world we live in and this, this is, this is the issue. This is the issue in the world today, number one.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true, that's true. And at the end of the day, everything will be filtered under the guise of COVID. So you're right, it is the number one issue. It is what should be talked about. Even before we talk about getting on the field and the X's and O's, you're right. Because we don't know how COVID is gonna affect um, this season already. Because if we're already getting you know, positives, we're, we're getting even more positives, what's gonna happen when the inevitable that students will also have positives?
1: I think the frustrating thing is I think I think people felt like we turned the corner on COVID. You know, we were just ramping up for football season. It was 100% capacity. And then just this Delta variant came out of left field. And just it just seems to have just knocked us out. Oh,
0: we know why it came out of left field. It came out of a chance because it had a chance to mutate while people weren't getting vaccinated. And the thing is, it's going to mutate more. I don't know. Delta is not the end. Right, Delta is it the current. There's going to be lambda. We got the whole gonna keep, alphabet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's just going to keep doing this yep. until... Yeah, we, we have, have the whole immunity. Greek alphabet.
0: I mean, um, yeah. and that's the thing. Like um, the way that Delta is is traveling at speed that it is is like already higher than the last strain. Um, yeah, somebody wrote. <laughs> I wrote, I saw this meme. Uh, COVID got more strains than marijuana. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but <too much>. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but obviously that for that. I mean that obvious. I mean, when you look at how. People already like it. kamehameha high school game we couldn't have. Um, I was
1: going to go to that. You know? I was, I was going to go to that game. Like, I, my heart's broken.
0: And that's the thing. We also need to go look back at the cases, because I look, I look at hospitalizations more, right? And yeah. We're going to look at who's hospitalized. There's a very, very common factor amongst the majority of people in the hospital, which is that they are unvaccinated. So that's just the same hard data. You don't need to look at the media. So people are like, don't watch Okay, don't look at the media. Go look at hard facts. Go look at science. Go look at the data CDC is collecting. We already know that. Yes, you can die right now. I, I, getting into my car, I have a chance of dying right now. Walking across the street, I have a chance of dying like, legitimately, I do. Like, uh, I, I, I'm, believe right. me, I've come close this year. I've already come close this year. in Kansas City in the snow a few times. But uh, in, in Waikiki, um, even recently. So I, I know what it's like to get close. Um, but at the same time, right, everything is a chance. So we're paying percentages constantly. Does that stop me? Am I going to not mm-hmm. get into it? Obviously, the more plane rides I take, the more chance of me being in a plane crash, right? If somebody is just like, I don't want to be in a plane because it could crash, and they go on one flight their whole life, And they're Mm -hmm. like, okay, see, I was good. Well, I go on like one flight a month, so um, I'm clearly increasing my risk. Okay, you're right, more than that. But I mean, I'm increasing my risk (laughs) of something that legitimately could happen. Of course, it could happen.
1: Right.
0: Does it stop me? No, because the chances are extremely slim. And that I I think you're that's the percentages I'm posted.
1: You're getting the COVID banner on your on all your posts with all this. The what? <laughs> You're getting the COVID banner.
0: What banner? <laughs>
1: the one that says, you know, click here for more information.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I,
0: I'm, I'm just, ref- what it says on the banner is go to cdc.gov. That's what it says on the banner. That's literally there what I mean. just said. So there's nothing that I'm saying that is not from there. And that's the point. And I, This is from somebody who's against the vaccine who, who brought it up to me. And now we're like, let's go with the same facts. We use the same facts. And then it was like, the ended. their comment was, why do I need to be vaccinated then? If you don't, if, if it affects me, which is, I guess at the end of the day, they don't understand that, yes, they would help with their herd immunity, which we said, this is science. We learned about this in biology in high school. This isn't like new to anybody. Like this is like, these are scientific breakthroughs that have been made before, like the vaccines. Obviously the science behind this one is a little bit different, um, but it's, it's one of those things, like you said, is been politicized so now we're gonna have to deal with the fallout from it so whether you want to so, get it or not is your choice like at, at this point like whether you want to get it or not yes is your choice whether a team or a, a pros team or a college team wants to let you into their stadium is also their choice
1: so let me ask you a question september 4th are we at tc ching and what percentage is there
0: right now zero yeah I mean, right. zero right now. I I don't see – I 655 cases or something it was yesterday. Right. I just saw some are, uh, that Ige posted. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was – that's insane. And like, like I said, I don't even like the case numbers. I like the hospi- – no, nah, I don't like – I like zero cases and zero hospitalizations. But I'm saying like in terms of a metric, um, and that's uh, – I mean –
1: well, and all the kids return to school this year. Yeah,
0: exactly. So, I mean, this week. This, this week. week. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, if we just keep looking at caseloads, we we will we absolutely will never get back to full strength. And that's why they want the vaccine. That's why it's pro sports and college sports want you to get the vaccine. So, at least if you get it, because you will if you're unvaccinated. And even if you're vaccinated, there's a chance that you will. But mm-hmm. what percentages do you want to play with? And, you know... For the people that don't know anybody that's ever gotten infected, good for you. Because I know someone that's died. I know several people that have been hospitalized. And these are people that I'm close to, that I talk to, not people I've heard of. I've had family members that had it, that luckily just got to stay home but lost their taste. I have one family member and everything else. I have one family member that reports long-term effects that they have. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Like, I don't want to go through any of that stuff. So, um I think it's hard when you, uh, you know, it's hard if you do, if you can't learn the hard way sometimes. So that might. Yeah, be. I don't want that
1: stuff. Like I've known lots of people that have. I don't know any person personally that have died, but like I've had. I know lots of people that know people that yeah. Have died. Yeah. And the the thought of losing my taste, like if if you know me, I like to rot and eat. <laughs> so yes, you do. Um the, the thought of that is just terrifying. So I, I want to be able to taste all that stuff.
0: For sure. Same as well. Yeah. Well I want to watch, will...
1: watch football. I want to yeah. watch football in person. I'm sick of watching it on TV.
0: Well, you can travel, Sean. You already know this. You, did, you do choose to stay in Hawaii. So I've yeah. been going to many a football game and many a game. I even went to Europe. So you can, you know, and so I'm encouraging yeah. people out there, get on a plane, come with us, to Hawaii sports fans. I want Sean to come, but he's, you know, you know not, he's a busybody too. So I know that Sean Iman is a, a hardworking <laughs> guy, just like the rest of you fans. And that's the thing. At the end of the day, people are hardworking fans that spend money. And unfortunately this year they are forced to watch it on pay-per-view that will only diminish the returns to UH the more money that people are having to bring up. And it seems like trite to, to just point back to something like pay-per-view, but it's true. And, and, and fans are sensitive to those things. I mean, Sean, what do you think if we don't have fans and everybody has to buy a pay-per-view again or if we have fans and the people that can't get in, what's worse? Having to buy pay-per-view because you can't get in the game or having to buy pay-per-view because the stadium is full and you still can't get in the game although you were a season ticket holder for the last who knows how many years prior and never missed a game.
1: I mean, come on, Spectrum. Do the right thing. (laughs) I agree. Do the right thing. You know what the right thing is to do.
0: Spectrum... (laughs) Yeah, no more pay per view. Let's make it free. Um, you know that's going to be something that's maybe brought not up, and free, maybe that's just
1: affordable. <laughs> okay, what's affordable?
0: <laughs> what's affordable, Sean?
1: Not what they charge. Okay, what's year.
0: affordable? What's affordable? I because you know sponsors can pay. Do you pay to watch everything else? You pay to watch Sports Center. I don't. Pay-per-view is a no. thing that people need to, like, it's not like a normal thing. It's like a thing that was created for, like, these special one-off events that these people can make money off of, they can invest in. And I get it. And I get the the concept behind pay-per-view. It is a worthy television accomplishment. But to use that same framework and apply it to UH football is insane because UH football is not on that level of a pay-per-view Level of an event, let's be honest, and it's being you have to pay more yeah. for you pay for UH than for like the biggest UFC fights that everybody's talking about. So that is not a sustainable thing either. But you know, it is what it is. Um, you know, we could have used it's
1: the same price point as a UFC.
0: Oh well, the Big West just came out with saying that all of their games are going to be on ESPN Plus. Right. right. ESPN Plus, you just pay a monthly and you get it free. Mm-hmm. So that is reasonable paying a monthly fee for something like, say, I don't know, Fox, Bally Sports West, since now it's now Bally and not Fox, which is what UH used to do, which is why UH was able to be on in so many other regions, the Southwest mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and get so many new fans. But that's something we'll definitely have to, um, yeah, well, we'll definitely be talking about for a long time, I'm sure.
1: I just got to say, I, I miss Robert K. posts on Twitter. and
0: Yes. but
1: well, we are looking forward to... Yes. Having Kanoa take the reins—it's—it's it's in his family's bloodline to to do what he's going to do this season. So. But yeah, we miss we miss Robert. I think it's
0: good that we have a local voice. Um, I'm not. All, I'm not, and I think Kanoa is great. And I think Kanoa is yeah. great. I, I do think that we do. We we are starting to see a little bit uh, a little nepotism, definitely around the UH family, even more than normal, but. Um, maybe that's just because me and you are unlucky that our parents didn't end up being famous and doing big things that we could slide into as well, I guess. But, I mean, it takes talent. I'm not saying it takes talent. And and, and I think Kanoa's is going to be great. Uh, but I think it was just, I think when you said in the blood, I get that. But then I'm like thinking, we just talked about somebody having basically three of his family members on the coaching staff, which could be a good thing. And also <laughs> making your strength and conditioning coach the as- associate head coach, could be a good thing It's a very unique thing That's for sure Only
1: in Hawaii, bro
0: Only in Hawaii But no we definitely going to miss We're definitely going to miss Robert Kikala And Kanoa oh, is yeah. absolutely A worthy Pay-by-play announcer I mean, that's not questioning I'm not I'm only Bringing that up Because of the fact That it's rampant That terms of You see you see your name and, and I don't think Kanoa was chosen On his name alone That did help I don't want anybody <laughs> Thinking that If you can go You can just get away With not having A little bit of nepotism Helping Of course it's going to help um, Kanoa has uh, obviously been doing events all over the country so he's, he's more than more than worthy of this and he probably uh, in terms of the play-by-play itself is probably better than Robert Kikala just to be honest just because he, that's his flow you know what I mean it takes a flow mm-hmm. and he perfected that a lot with his dad and everything but I mean we have he's Felipe polished. we he's have people like Felipe Ohasho yeah. and I want to name Shout people we need to start shouting out people because sorry in Hawaii we do get stuck on the same people Let's face it, and that's why so many people only listen to some people. And in sports, we see it. We see it in every industry. And that's a Hawaii mentality too. Like, oh, I know this guy, I see him on the news. Oh yeah, brother, I see him on the Twitter. So Uh, we're all like literally just fans, honestly. And I'll respect somebody if they put in um, that kind of work, that kind of next level knowledge, that kind of next level what you're doing. Like, I'm totally behind that. But um, I think in Hawaii, let's shake it all up. Media. Coaches, admin, stop, question everything that we're doing. You know, question that's what, why. We're,
1: that's why you're that's here. That.
0: And that's why I'm here too, because and that's why I'm annoying so many people, I guess, you know, when I just <laughs> do what I love and don't get any money from it, but just spend it all on things that I want other people. But, you know, that's also intimidating to other people because they don't understand that level of passion and that level of love when it's all about money sometimes. Um, any final words, Sean? Uh, great first episode of the Rainbow Wrap Up, we'll call it. I know there's something similar of a, of a sounding name for a, a certain weekly show that a, a certain department might. I have so um but it, there's the alliteration there that i, I wanted to also you know
1: oh um to. i just want to thank you again for having me on for the bajillionth time and uh i just we got a big announcement over at the honolulu seahawk seahawk is coming out this week so check them out next week yeah so look out for that
0: So Seahawkers, we got the president, Sean Iman. I know we're going to be talking a lot about the NFL as well as it goes on, bows and the Pros. But this is just our first edition of Rainbow Wrap-Up. We're going to do a bunch this season as we count down to the first game of Rainbow Warrior Football in 2021. We'll see you next time. Aloha.